Hey everyone, and welcome to Heading North. My name's Nick, and this is the first installment of what I'm going to call the Four Season Hiker. And we're going to start off with winter as it pertains to the season we're in. And as the seasons change, I will be releasing a new episode, uh, the second, third, fourth part of this episode, based off of the season that we're in. That way you guys have some good tips and tricks to uh, get out and hike in the season that you're in. Once the weather starts getting cold at the tail end of October and some places before that, most people like to hang up their hiking boots as it is getting too cold and there are a lot of obstacles and different challenges when you are trying to hike in the winter. Since I've moved north to uh, Minnesota, I've realized that if I don't find outdoor recreation during the winter, I'm going to go a little bit stir-crazy on top of other things simply because winter happens here and for quite some time. I've got at least another three or four months of cold weather before I can start getting out into warmer weather hiking. So I really made a point to force myself out and get past those levels of seasonal depression in order to be able to get outside and enjoy uh, the, the vitamins coming in from the sun, as well as just being out in nature and doing what I love, which is exploring and traveling. Now, one of the coolest things I like about hiking in the winter and changing of seasons is that I can go to the same trail or same park four times in a year, once per season, and it's different, especially as you're changing from fall into winter as you go from foliage all over the area to changing colors on the leaves to no leaves to snow everywhere. It makes for a great time, especially if you are limited on the hiking trails you have, simply because you can enjoy the same trail multiple times and have those differences to keep your attention and keep your yourself enjoying it. But as many of you, I would say, assume, winter hiking comes with its own challenges, as well as a lot of obstacles and other dangers that you need to be prepared for. My hopes are for this episode is to uh, be less of a gear guide, like getting ready for winter hiking and camping episode, and be a little bit more about giving you ideas and tips that I've used and that I currently use in order to make it so that winter hiking is more enjoyable for you. And if you guys happen to have any different tips or a different way of doing things, please reach out to info at headingnorthpodcast.com because I'm always open to hearing new tricks and learning new things. And maybe I can even share that on a future episode. So the first thing you're going to want to do is, just like at any other time, is to be prepared and prepare ahead of time. The first and most important thing, in my opinion, is to check for snow conditions and weather before you leave the house. A great way to do this is to obviously check the weather apps or if there's any cameras within the park or area that you're going that you can see that are streaming online. Check those out. You can also contact the property managers and inquire about the condition, uh, safety, and especially in higher risk areas. Like Colorado right now is having some severe avalanche warnings and situations, so you really want to know what you're getting into. Uh, winter is something completely different than the other three seasons in that the weather changes can really affect your ability to complete the hike, especially safely. Now, if you're going in a group, you want to make sure that you're basing your plans off of uh, the least experienced or able person. And the reason why is, is because you don't want to get halfway through a trail and find out that someone's struggling or can't continue. And then it puts everyone at risk trying to get back or based off of levels of injuries that can happen while you're out on your hike. This rule, I would say, goes for any time you're out on the trail, especially by yourself. You always want to tell someone what your plan is. I make it a point to text my girlfriend my location that I started and what my plan is ahead of time as far as what trails I plan to use. That way, if by a certain time she doesn't hear from me, she can contact the authorities or the park management group to uh, come find me and make sure that I'm okay. Uh, A lot of things can happen. I went on a hike today where I was 
hiking across a lot of ice. And even though I did have some spikes, which we'll talk about those a little bit later in the episode, I was on a lot of ice that, and ice that led to cliffs that have pretty substantial drops. So you want to make sure someone knows where you are at all times. Uh, this is very important, especially if you're going into somewhere that doesn't have cell phone signal. And speaking of cell phone signal, if you bring uh, any type of technical or technology with you, just remember that in the wintertime, batteries die faster, electronics malfunction. So make sure you bring extra batteries, battery packs, um, and don't necessarily rely on your phone. I would say to make sure that you have GPS on top of your compass and your map, but that can also die. So make sure you know your area, make sure you have some level of ability to read a map and use a compass. That way you are able to navigate yourself out of that location. As I was just saying, Colorado is having some severe risk of avalanches. This is extremely important to pay attention to. There's two types of avalanches. One is loose snow and the other is slab. And the loose snow avalanches can actually occur in both wet and dry snow. And it begins near the surface and gathers more snow as it slides. Slab avalanches occur when an entire shelf of snow breaks free and slides down the mountain. Those are the most lethal. So you really want to be able to pay attention. You want to talk to someone who knows what these are. You can actually check. uh, There's a good source and I'll put this in the show notes. Avalanche.org. It's a very reliable website that links to uh, local forecast offices around the U.S. If you are an REI co-op member, you can also check out the uh, avalanche awareness classes that they allow just to kind of give yourself an idea of what's going on. And and obviously this is going to be for areas where you are on more hilly or mountainous locations. If you're on flat ground going through the prairie lands or somewhere in the the middle of the Midwest where it's very flat, you don't necessarily need to worry about avalanches. So I I don't want to scare you as you're trying to embark on your first snow hike in in a flat area and you think that you're going to get stuck in an avalanche. So another big step for preparation is going to be clothing. For a top, you want to make sure that you have a solid base layer. I would recommend listening to my previous episode on preparing for winter hikes to know what types of options there are available, especially ordering online in a uh, post-COVID world. But you want to make sure you have a base layer for your top and an insulated layer, and then you want to have your shell. Now, a lot of two-in-one or three-in-one jackets come effectively with the base layer, not the base layer, but the insulation layer, as well as that outer shell. So you want to make sure that you're preparing with base layers. Depending on how cold it is, so now I've been hiking in anywhere from 20 degrees to negative, I don't really go over negative 20, especially because the wind chills up here, but it, it kind of varies on how much of a base layer you want. Now, if I'm in 20 degree weather, I'm usually wearing some type of base layer that's like a thermal shirt, as well as a long sleeve, and then I have my insulated layer and my shell. Whereas if I'm getting below zero, I'm going to do that insulated layer, that insulated base layer, as well as a t-shirt, a long sleeve shirt, a sweatshirt and then I have that insulated layer and the shell over top so make sure that you know going back to preparing that you know what the temperatures are going to be you're going to find that you might want to look for weather windows that allow you to hike when the wind chill isn't making it an extra 20 degrees colder or when you have enough sunlight to make sure that you're keeping yourself warm and obviously knowing exactly what the temperature is and the same thing for bottoms you want to make sure you have that base layer as well as a shell pant and then a lot of people recommend and I personally recommend fleece some type of fleece leggings for the gentleman that doesn't mean you have to wear tights. It's just some level of fleece pants that you have on to make sure that you can keep warm and wick away any of the moisture. That way it doesn't stay in your layers and cool down and causing your body's temperature to to lower. Winter, and I guess fall would be the main times that you really want to make sure that you're preparing with winter hiking gloves. I personally have a couple different sets of gloves. I have a pair of fleece gloves that I wear for warmer days. And then I also have a pair of North Face very thick gloves. A 
lot of people, including my girlfriend, absolutely preach about wearing mittens as your fingers and hands can allow to heat each other. Whereas if you're wearing gloves, each finger is in its own slot, which does not allow it to warm up the finger next to it or have that collective warmth that comes from your hand in its entirety. Now, another main thing to know is that you lose a significant amount of heat through the top of your head. So wearing a hat is one of the most important winter hiking tips that I can give you to be able to maintain your body heat. Even if you don't think you'll need one, it's smart to carry one in your pack just in case. A lot of times when it's warmer out, I'll have my ball cap on just because I'm bald and I I like to keep my head covered based off of, uh, you know, I don't want to get skin cancer or just get too cold with my head. But I always keep a beanie in my bag because you need to uh, make sure that you're going to keep warm. If the wind starts ripping through the area that you're in and you're only wearing a ball cap, you're not wearing a hat at all. Well, you're going to lose an exponential amount of heat out of the top of your head and it could cause you to have some serious issues on the trail. Now, as far as footwear, you're going to want to make sure that you have some type of winter hiking boot. I I personally would like to suggest that you get waterproof and insulated. Some people just get waterproof and then wear multiple layers of socks, which is okay, but I would highly recommend that you do get that insulated boot. I personally use a pair of Merrill Moabs, which are my waterproof hiking boots, and then when it gets very cold or the snow gets too deep, I'll throw on a pair of Sorrel Caribous, which are tall boots that have the insulated fleece layer on the inside. Now, if you are going into a higher snow area where the snow is very deep and you don't have taller boots, I recently picked up a pair of leg gaiters and I will probably be preaching about these for the next five years. What they do is is they hook around your lower legs and underneath your boot and what this does is it keeps from any snow getting up your pant leg as well as going into your boots so your socks don't get wet when that snow melts and you run into a lot less issues as far as your feet getting cold. Socks are also another great option to change around to make sure that you have enough warmth. I'm personally a huge proponent of Merino and or Smart Wool products when it comes the socks. Don't hesitate to layer up socks as well, just like I was saying with the top and lower layers when you're getting into colder weather. If your toes get cold or your feet get injured, you are in some big trouble. Uh, they say in the military once your your feet get wet, uh, you're, 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 you're done for. So you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to keep your feet warm and healthy while you're on the trail. Now in your preparations, you will want to find out whether or not you are looking at nice flat ground or if you're going to be in a lot of ice or you're going to be doing a lot of uphills. And based off of that, you may want to invest in some micro spikes. I personally use a pair of Yak Track micro spikes. Now what these are is if you're a runner, you'll know they're very much like the spikes on the top or on the bottom of a sprinting shoe, but they're these small metal spikes that hook on the bottom of a rubberized device that can wrap around your boots themselves. That way, when you're walking in slippery areas, you can kind of dig into that ice and not slip or fall and have more stability while you're on the trail. Now there are also crampons, which are these are larger metal spikes that dig into ice. These ones I wouldn't necessarily recommend for your everyday hike or some of your more extreme winter hikes. This is going to be very much for if you are on steep icy terrain. This What these do is they dig directly into the ice and they allow for extra stability and you really want to make sure you know how to use those. You can also invest or bring along a pair of snowshoes. I know in Minnesota a lot of the state parks and I'm sure a lot of the parks in more winterous areas will rent out snowshoes. Now Tedaguchi up in Silver Bay, Minnesota rents 
Florence snowshoes for about $6 a day. Uh, this was actually how I had my first exposure to snowshoeing and I personally fell in love because it keeps you on that top layer of snow and it makes it so that you're not trudging through multiple inches of snow as you're on your hike. It also has its own crampons built into the area where your toes are as well as where your heel is on the bottom of the snowshoe. That way you can dig into icy areas and not just slide like you're on a set of skis when you're wearing your snowshoes. Now that you're prepared for your winter hike, when you're out, I want to give you a few tips that really will help you. Um, and some of these kind of fall back on planning, but I wanted to keep these kind of grouped together. That way, it's it's just like a nice list for you as my listeners to be able to hear and retain. That way, you can be as safe as possible when you're out on the trail. So daylight hours are shorter in winter, contrary to popular belief. Not really, because we all know that the sunlight goes away and the days get shorter. So you want to hit the trails pretty early. Uh, this way, you can avoid being stuck out in the dark, especially if you're in an area where you don't have devices that allow you to maintain charge. So like a flashlight dying or anything like that could be a huge issue if you're stuck out at night. Um, winter hikes do also take longer, which is kind of another reason why you want to make sure you start and hit the trail early. You tend to move a lot slower and encounter, encounter a lot more obstacles when you're hiking through the snow. Be prepared for that as you're going along. Uh, I've said before, any of your technological devices tend to malfunction in cold temperatures. So be prepared for that. Bring extra batteries, a battery pack, or make sure that you're relying or are able to rely on a map or compass. One big thing to remember is that snowpack can actually hide the trail and trail markers, which makes it a lot easier to get lost. This is why I'll jump back to the previous uh, tip that I mentioned. You want to make sure you have a compass or a map or something along those lines in order to make sure that you are safe and that you don't get lost and you want to pay extra attention to where you're going. Don't just let your mind water, wander as you go. You need to really see where you're going and where, where that's going to leave you. Now, if you're planning on hiking out and then following your tracks back keep in mind snow drift can happen and it is very capable of covering your tracks which could cause you to get even more lost so keep that in mind when you're out there you can't necessarily rely on following your own trail or other trails because snow shifts and wind blows it around or it snows more and those things can cover up the tracks themselves now, exercising in winter does burn an exponential amount of more calories, so you need to stay nourished. Uh, this will help you keep warm as well. Just that having a full belly will definitely help. And in doing so, you want to make sure that you're having high-protein, high-carb uh, items. That way, you can maintain energy and your body has the energy it needs to warm itself. Dehydration, a lot of people don't realize, actually expedites the onset of hypothermia. So staying hydrated is extremely important. If you're feeling thirsty, you're already dehydrated. I personally make it a point to drink about a half a gallon of water before I go on the trail as well as keep water with me. But in that, we're also on the trail while it's extremely cold. So instead of me keeping a bottle on the exterior of my pack, I make sure that it's nice and deep in my pack, closer to my back area. That way my body heat can help keep it warm and keep it from freezing. In doing that, I've only had my bottles freeze up once and I was because I had stayed sedentary for a long amount of time and there was very little water left in my bottle. So make sure you keep it warm. If you guys do wear... A use a camelback, excuse me, then uh, you can invest in something like a insulated hose that can hook to your hydro pack. That way the water doesn't freeze in the line. So your pack itself might stay nice and warm, but once the water gets through, it could create a block in the hose itself if it's not insulated. So here's some other ways to really keep warm on the trail. One of the things I like to do is uh, bring a warm drink with me in a thermos um, or some type of insulated container that keeps it warm, whether that's coffee, hot chocolate, tea, or anything like that. You really will get 
get a lot out of having some type of warm temperature item um, to ingest on a trail. And as I said before, staying hydrated uh, can definitely help keep you warm as well as your body is not focusing on managing your hydration levels on top of managing your warmth. Now, in summer and spring hikes, and sometimes even in fall, you you tend to avoid the warmer parts of the days. That way, you're not just releasing all the liquids and causing dehydration from sweating. Whereas, in adversity to that, in the wintertime, you actually want to focus on those times where the sun is the highest and the area is the warmest. This will allow you to not necessarily have to wear as many layers, though, like I will always say, you can always take layers off, but you can't put them on if you don't have them. So, make sure that you're prepared with layers, but hiking in and the sunlight and the warmest parts of the day is going to be a huge way for you to keep warm while you're out on the trail. I personally like to choose trails that have a good amount of uphill on them and what this does is it actually gets your blood flowing a lot more as you're working harder to get yourself up these hills and the different terrain your body then heats up based off the energy that it's expelling and using and as your heart rate raises your body heat goes up as well. Now in the summertime and fall and spring, a lot of times you're going to be able to stop and take some time to rest, have a snack, stuff like that. Well, in the winter, once you do that, your heart rate drops and your body actually begins to cool down because you're not generating as much heat as you are while you're working and exercising on the hike. So bringing snacks that you can eat without stopping is going to be a huge way that you can maintain your warmth as well as make sure that you have enough energy to keep on hiking as well as keep warm itself. So these could be things like granola bars, anything high in carbohydrates, uh, Cliff bars are great because they're also high in protein. There's also perfect bars and other options like that. You can do fruits to get the, the natural sugars and stuff like that. But remember, you know, fruit does have water in it, so they can freeze and become inedible. And it's going to be kind of tough to necessarily cook or anything like that. So planning to cook is not necessarily the best tactic. You'll see in a lot of the videos that I post online on the website as well as the social media that I will take the time to cook uh, or make coffee halfway through my trip or at the end of my trip. Well, if if you notice on any of those videos, the ones where I'm doing it at the end of my trip, it's because I'm done and I can get in and into my truck and get warm. Those ones is because it's so cold out that I know that if I stop, my body temperature is going to get too low and it can cause some serious issues. Now, as we're specifically talking about day hikes, I don't really want to get into backpacking because I don't have enough experience backpacking in the winter to really give you guys enough of a tip uh, on doing those things. But here's uh, 10 essentials that I found are the best things to make sure you have with you. And it's especially important when you're on the trail in the winter to have these with you. So number one, and and first and foremost, is your backpack. Because these 10 items, well, you need some way to carry them. And not to mention the backpack itself creates an insulative layer on your back. You want something that does go around your hip and hooks um, at the chest level as well. This way that it's a part of your mass and it doesn't uh, overweigh you or the weight doesn't pull pull on you and hurt you. Now, like I said, I was going to avoid this. So if you guys want to check out either the Preparing for Winter and or the Christmas Gift Giving Guide, there's a lot of options on there for episodes that way or in my episode excuse me that way you guys can see what type of items you should be looking for to buy I didn't really want to go into a gear guide here and spit off a bunch of different companies and gear that you can get I just really want to give you guys the tips in order to make sure that you have a safe and enjoyable hike during the winter and hopefully try hiking if you've never come out in the fourth season of the year to do so Number two, and we've already talked about this, so I'm not going to go too heavy, is the right hiking layers. This is a big part of your preparation step. You've got your base layer, your mid layer, and then your outer layers. Uh, You also want to make sure that you have the appropriate footwear. Sneakers aren't going to be a good option here. You want to make sure you have waterproof and or insulated or both uh, boots. That way you can um, really enjoy yourself. Now, just like in summer and spring and sometimes fall, you want to have some level of sun protection. While in the wintertime, you want to still have a level of skin 
skin protection even on your face. I personally wear a fleece neck gaiter or a merino wool neck gaiter in order to keep my face dry and warm. And that way, if the wind's kicking through or there's a lot of snow pelting my face, it, it's less uncomfortability and less chance of me injuring myself while I'm out on the trail. That also falls into making sure you have gloves and a hat. You just want to make sure that you're covered in as many ways as possible to keep yourself warm. Just like in the summer, spring, any season, you want to make sure that you have uh, a map and or navigation tools. A lot of times I will use all trails, but I make sure that I download a copy of all trails so that if I am offline or can't get internet service, I can still guide myself through the trail on top of having maps. Most state and national parks will have maps available that you can pick, can pick up at the office or at a uh, map location. So I would look for those if you need to make sure you have something. I'm sure you can also Google and find a map of the location you're going to. Now you want to make sure that you bring lots of water in the winter. Good guide is one liter of water for every two hours of hiking. So in the winter, like I had said before, you're working a lot harder to hike and it takes longer and it's a lot more exercise. So I personally would go up to one and a half liters or about 52 to 53 ounces of water. That way you have enough to keep yourself warm. If you are going to decide to cook on the trail, you also want to make sure that you have enough to drink as well as enough to cook with. Energizing snacks are going to be the best thing. You want high protein, high carbohydrates to get the energy up and keep your body warm. And you also would most likely want to bring a first aid kit with you, something that if you get injured, you can help yourself. You can find these at Walmart or Target or any of your local stores or an outfitter. Just get yourself a nice little um, first aid kit. If you're making one at home, a Nalgene bottle actually makes for a great waterproof and um, space effective way to hold uh, first aid items. Now, even if you're hiking in the daylight, I would recommend bringing a flashlight or headlamp simply because if you do get into a situation where you get hurt or you get stuck somewhere, you get lost and you end up hiking during the nighttime, you are going to be able to see what you're doing and see what's around you so that you can get out safely or you can build a shelter safely. Now you also want to bring a multi-tool or a knife with you that way if you need to cut anything or fix anything on the trail you're able to do so and personally I, I am a huge proponent of trekking poles. I recently started using trekking poles and it's a great way to transfer your weight off of your legs and your back and it allows you to get through areas easier with a lot better level of stability. A mask is also another good thing. I know that's the 11th item that I'm going to tell you after telling you I was going to give you 10 decent tips. But a mask, like a neck gaiter, uh, Buff makes some great options, whether it's an insulated merino or one for uh, covering your face for the sun. This is going to be a great option for you as it will allow you to protect your skin and protect your face. All in all, I just want to make sure that you guys remember that you need to absolutely prepare for a winter hike. You need to stay insulated. You need to plan your meals, your your drinks, and you need to be prepared for what you're doing. Just, just like I will always as a boy scout being prepared is everything when it comes to going out into the wilderness and going out into nature so make sure you do so other than that thank you so much for listening into this week's episode if you liked anything you heard make sure you go to headingnorthpodcast.com or click the link in the show notes and what I do here is a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work. And I've made it a point not to put ads into my shows as I don't want my listeners to have to deal with those or feel like that they're just a piece of revenue for my show. I, I started this podcast for the listeners and for myself because this is something that I enjoy. And if you want to support me so that I don't need to do ads and can continue doing this and make an income from doing this, go to patreon.com forward slash heading north podcast, or you can go over and you can pick up one of the shirts hats or water bottles that we have on the shop just go to headingnorthpodcast.com forward slash shop and if you want to check us out on social media just search heading north podcast on instagram and facebook and heading north pod on twitter 